Hi, good morning, everybody. Don't you love it when an artist like this, a song can be written, and you hear the song and you go, exactly. They just nail that. There's a truth. Not a Christian song, it's just truth. And that is the fact that all of us have demons inside, don't we? I so appreciate Patrick as well on the video saying, one of the biggest fears is that you might get too close to somebody, and then they might actually see the real you inside. And so, um, my name's Dave Nelson, by the way, a pastor here if you're visiting. Thanks so much for being here. Um, we're in a last, uh, a fifth week of a series that we've been calling This Is War. And even though we're concluding the series today, it definitely doesn't mean the war's over, right? This war is going to be constantly a part of our life. And so, we looked three weeks ago that Jesus makes it really clear that there's an enemy who seeks to steal and kill and destroy. There is a spiritual warfare. There really are demonic, in Ephesians it says, there are demonic forces in the spiritual realms that war against us. Two week, or last week, we looked at the fact that there's another war that goes on, and it's a war with this world, that there are just systems in the world that cause us to lure us into thinking about ourselves and to making ourselves the center of our existence instead of God and others. And now today, I don't know about you, but I don't, I, I mean, the battle's very real for me, spiritually, but I don't need Satan lying to me, and I don't even need the world to mess with me. I got enough junk going on right here. Anybody else? <laughs> like, it's just crazy, the war that's just inside me. And what I, what I want to remind you of, and we're going to look at this again, that this is not just a light little battle, you guys. The Bible says that this is for life and death. That Jesus says, this is life. He goes, I am life. He goes, I am the way, the truth, and life. This is eternal life, that you know the one true God. And so when you look at God, this is partly for me, like after I became a Christian from him, from my experience with God, and I start diving into the word of God, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at this life that he offers me. And, and, and that's what it is. The ways of God who created life, when we walk with him, we experience a fullness of life. But when we aren't, the battle, whether it's satanic or whether it's with the world or our own flesh, our own nature, it always is seeking to pull us away from walking with God and to walk apart from God. And what we find in scripture, you guys, is when we follow God's ways, there's unity and there's harmony. And you know, every human being, we all want peace on earth, right? And he says, if you walk in my ways, that's where it is. When you don't walk in God's ways, it leads to division. And, and wreckage. He goes, I'm peace. Over here is anxiety. This is joy. Over here is despair. This is productive. This is destructive. This is freedom. And this is bondage. It's life and death. And I want to make sure we understand that because as we talk about the battle with ourself today, we are so familiar with it and we have to live with it every single day that sometimes we can forget that this is a big deal. We need to fight this battle and just don't give into it that easy. Now, what I love is the scripture does the best way of describing this battle, okay? Let's look at this, okay? Romans 7, 15. The Bible says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> Isn't that, you kind of want to go, that's in the Bible? I thought that was my journal, right? I mean, I mean, and this is what I love about scripture. God's going, listen, man, I know the struggles. Can I just, I'll just point it for, look at it. It goes on in verse 18 to say, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. 
For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Can you say frustration? I mean, this is every human struggle. He goes on in verse 21. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power, another law within me that is at war. There it is. That's why we call this thing, this is war. And the scripture says, there is a war against Satan. There is a battle against the world. And there is a war that's going on right inside here. And again, it's at war with my mind. The same place where Satan most affects us is right here. So then it says, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Anybody ever said that? <laughs> you look in the mirror, you're like, oh my gosh, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my flesh, I am a slave to sin. There's our battle. So, man, I want to pray, but I want to encourage you as I pray, would you open up your heart? Because here's, here's what's true. There's not, a, there's not a soul in this room who isn't struggling with this in some way. Some of you walked in here right now, and you know this is life or death because your soul just feels dead. You, 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 have, you have lost your life. You've lost your joy. You've lost your strength. And you know it's because there's stuff inside of you you can't say no to, and it's just beating you up. And so let's pray and let's ask God because he wants you to be victorious today. So let's ask him, Jesus, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for not leaving us wondering, why can't I win this battle? And I pray that today you would help us to understand clearly. Lord, um, I want to pray specifically for everyone who's here, for you know their battle. You know what temptations overtake them. You know where they are not free but instead com consistently and repeatedly succumb to the same thing. Would you give us hope today that we can win this thing? Would you give us hope today that we can actually have life in our soul and that we can win this battle against our flesh? And we pray for it in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so in the Bible, uh, especially in the original language, it says that our battle, just like we said here, is actually against our flesh. Um, if you read the New International Version, which we use a lot here, it'll actually translate that word flesh into sinful nature. Um, so just to, real quick to explain when you read, what do you mean, how, how is the battle with my flesh? Well, it's not, sometimes, just like last week, the word world can be used in different ways. The word flesh is also translated different ways. Sometimes flesh just simply means this, right? It means our physical body. And there's nothing wrong with this. In fact, it's beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. When God created everything, it was really good. And then when he created humanity, he said it was really good. Did I mess that up? It was good. No, it's really good when he creates us. So there's nothing wrong with this. When the Bible talks about the battle with our flesh, it's talking about human nature that is actually apart from God. And every single one of us has this. We are all born with this. It's the very nature within humanity, as we say here at K2, humanity, your nature that's bent away from God and towards yourself. And every person has this, and we struggle with it. But what that does is that causes us to say no to God and to walk in our own ways. And next thing you know, God's ways aren't followed. We follow our own ways. 
And now all the, the, the brokenness happens. So basically, it's human understanding, human perspective, and human efforts, which are hostile to God's understanding, God's perspective, and God's efforts and what he's doing in the world. So Galatians 5.17 puts it this way. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, I, I, I tell you, I read a verse like that, and I'm like, God, thank you that that's in the scripture, because I can't understand myself sometimes. <laughs> and now I get it. There's this power at work within me. There's this nature that wants me to do my own thing, constantly luring me to think about me more than God and others. And it's always in, a, it's in opposition, and it's against the spirit, because the spirit is, the, the spirit is what? Love. It's love. It's always about God, and it's always about others. All right? So, how does this work? I love it. In James chapter 1, verse 13, he kind of gives us a, a flow of how this goes. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. He doesn't do that. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, we're going to go into this a little bit more a little bit later, but you guys understand this. See, so the Bible again is saying, yes, is, G is, is Satan called a tempter? Yes, he is called the tempter. But we also need to understand that temptation rises just from our own evil desires, and so, and when that happens, what happens? It says, you feel these desires, and next thing you know, you're getting dragged away. You guys ever experienced this? You're like, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this, but I'm doing it, but I don't, <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? And you get along, and it says you get dragged away, and then you're enticed. And this is for all you fishermen, because that word enticed is the word for lure. It's a bait. And so we get dragged away, and then the lure comes, and then what do we do? <laughs> and then hap, <laughs> the hook's got us. And as soon as you are enticed, then it says, after desire has what? Conceived. When you acted upon it, then it gave birth to sin. Then you actually sinned. And once you sin, which means now you just did something that was outside of God's ways. And as soon as you sin, it leads to what? It leads to what? Yeah, was it up there? Okay, good. Death. So once again, we are separated now from God, and instead of finding life and fruitfulness and productivity in our soul, now our, our relationships and our souls are shrinking and they're falling apart. So this is what we battle, and every single one of us does. So how do we overcome it? How do we do this? On Thursday, I had the, uh, the honor of doing the chapel for the uh, Utah football team, which was really fun. I'm not saying that's why they scored 59 points yesterday or anything. You know, maybe they should hire me. Um, no, but it, but it was really cool because at the, at the end of practice, Coach Whittingham gets up and all he did for about five minutes was warn his players about the temptations they were going to face to not be prepared for the game. That's what he does. He goes, you just, you got to be, watch out. You got to make sure you, your, your nutrition is, to, is, is good. You got to make sure you're getting enough sleep. You got to make sure that you don't take Fresno State too lightly. You got He just kept going on all these things. You have to know how to battle. And here's the thing about those players, right? They knew what they wanted. And we'll get to that too in a second. So this is so cool. 
So let's start figuring this out. How can I say no and win the victory over these temptations that are leading me to death? Galatians 5.16 says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now here's what's interesting. That word when it says you will not, that is actually a double negative in the Greek, which means what it's really saying is you will not ever, certainly not, not at all, by no means, you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. I read that and I go, are you kidding me? Anybody else? Seriously? It's possible? And he's saying, absolutely. I'm not just saying it's possible. I'm saying what he's saying is, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not by any means, no way, absolutely not, gratify the desires of your flesh. Well, bring that on, because this stuff's killing me. Then how do I actually walk by the Spirit? Now, if you weren't here, and if you're, if you're brand new to Christianity, you need to understand, you guys, this is the good news. In Colossians, he says, this is the mystery of the glory of God, that once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he takes away your sin, and so you are completely forgiven for everything you've ever done. He, all of your sin is wiped clean. And when that happens, you receive his spirit. This is the most dramatic, powerful, unbelievable reality of what it means to be a follower of Christ, is you actually receive the spirit of God inside of you. And now, the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit that empowered him to say no to temptation is living in you. So what he says is, so if you walk by the spirit of God, you will not by any means gratify the desires of your flesh. So let me, let me say this in a different way, okay? Here's what you can know. If you are gratifying the desires of your flesh, then somehow you're not walking by the spirit. So all you guys who are Christians, followers of Jesus, you gotta understand this. If you find, man, I can't overcome this. Why am I stuck in this? Why do I keep doing stuff that I know God doesn't want me to do? You can know somehow, somehow, you're not walking by the Spirit. Now, there's two ways that the Spirit of God works. One is, sometimes he just convicts you of things and he's letting you know, you shouldn't be doing this. How many of you have ever felt that? Okay, so what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? It means that when the Spirit convicts you of something, if you actually walk by the Spirit, you go, got it, you confess it, you repent, which means turn, and you get back in line. And if you walk by the Spirit, if you listen to him and got back in line, you won't gratify the natures of the flesh. You've just gotten back in line. Here's the other thing the Spirit of God does. God is always at work, okay? Which means the other thing the Spirit of God does is he leads us. He prompts us. He's constantly working in us, asking us to do things. How many of you would say you felt promptings or leadings from, from God to do something? Okay? Now, if you don't, I gotta tell you, the Bible says those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so what happens is, how do I walk by the Spirit? How do I do this? It's when the Spirit prompts you, you do it. So Galatians 5.25 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
So here we are again. You guys, you have a chance you can live or you can experience death. You can experience death by when the temptations come, get dragged away, get enticed, latch on, sin, and be separated from God and experience the, the, the formulation of death in your soul. Or you can walk by the Spirit and actually experience the fruit, right? What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. How's that sound? See, every human being wants that. And he says, since we live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I'm going I'm to share something with you that when, when, I, when I finally understood this, it has changed everything for me. I'm gonna, Lord, I pray again, I'm going to pray right now that you would move and open the eyes of our hearts so we can understand this principle. I believe you want to set some people free right here, right now. Okay, now let me explain how this works. So over here, you've got all this temptation, right? And you've got these things that you're battling and you can't seem to have victory over them. And they just, it's an onslaught and you just give in again and you give in again and you give in again. So you're over here fighting and struggling. And then over here, you have this thing that God's been asking you to do and you won't do it. How many of you have ever been there? <laughs> okay. So I'll never forget the first time when I knew that there was something that God was asking me to do and I just, I just couldn't do it. So basically what happened is I'm walking, right? Because it's, you walk by faith. I'm walking in the spirit, which means every time I say yes to, to God, I walk in the spirit. So then he asked me to do something and I go, mm, no. So he goes, all right, well, we'll just wait right here. That's, I'm serious. It's, it's, we'll write right here because David, this is the next step for you. And you know what was crazy is when I wouldn't take that step, guess what happened over here? The wrestling got more intense and I'm struggling more. I couldn't get victory and I'm, why is this so bad? And then I'll never forget. Finally over here, I gave in and I surrendered and I said, okay, God, I trust you. And I listened to him and I took the step of faith and I walked by the spirit. And this is, I'm telling you, this is no lie. And I woke up the next morning and guess what happened to this? It, so I don't know if I can say it was gone, but pretty darn close I woke up and all of a sudden I had strength to overcome this stuff that I didn't have the day before. Why? Because the power isn't in you. The power is in the spirit of God. And the way that you, that you tap into the spirit of God is you walk by the spirit. And so here's what I know right now. Some of you guys are over here and you're so tired of wrestling with your demons inside. And the answer is not wrestling with these. The answer is something else that he's been asking you to do and you won't say yes to him. Y'all got that? I'm telling you it's true. And I pray the spirit of God reveals to you right now what that is. Because once you say yes to this, you'll be connected to the vine. You'll keep in step with the spirit. You'll take his yoke upon you and his life will start to fill you up and you'll have the power to do this. How is that true? Because he says, if you walk by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. It's not about your strength. It's about his. And it's all about humility and faith of walking with God. 
and then the power comes. All right? So now, let me share with you five ways that the Spirit of God will speak to you, things he's going to ask you to do. These are really clear, simple steps that we can take when the temptation comes and how we can win this. You guys ready? Write these guys down. Lots of scripture, just like we've had these last few weeks. Number one, when temptation comes, we're supposed to run away. Just run away. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Some of you guys, some of you right now, the spirit, what the spirit's gonna tell you is you gotta just bolt, baby. All right? Now what's interesting is when we studied two weeks ago, when the enemy, spiritual enemy, the Satan and devil, when he's lying to us, when he's saying things and accusing us and telling us we're a loser and telling us that God doesn't love us and telling us that he won't forgive us and that he doesn't care about us, when spiritual warfare is going on from the enemy, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to fight it? Anybody? No, we're not supposed to run away. You know why? Because the armor that we were given, there's only one place that's not covered with that armor. Guess what it is? It's your backside. <laughs> And so what the Bible said is when the enemy starts lying to you, no, you're not supposed to run. It says you're supposed to stand firm and you're supposed to resist him. And then guess what? He flees. Now that's a good picture. So because what does the enemy do? Usually what he's doing is he's lying to us. So he rises up fear within us. And when you're afraid, what do you do? Usually run. So here we are, we're bolting like this and we're not covered in our backside and he's literally killing us. So when it's spiritual warfare against demonic stuff that is against your mind that's telling you things that aren't true, you're supposed to put on the armor, put on your helmet, rise up your shield, get your breastplate of righteousness and your belt of truth, and you're supposed to stand firm. But when it's your own just evil desires, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, hightail it out of there, baby. You're supposed to get out. Now, how many of you remember Kathy? Do you remember the cartoon strip Kathy? Anybody remember her? By the way, are there still cartoon strips in newspapers? Yeah. Okay, are there still newspapers? <laughs> I could swear 10 years ago when I moved here, I, I remember a car would come by and they'd throw newspapers. I never see that anymore. Uh, so, but uh, in this cartoon called Kathy, in the first frame, it said this. So she's standing there, she goes, I will take a drive, but I won't go near the grocery store. Frame two, I will drive by the grocery store, but I won't go in. Frame three, I will go in the grocery store, but will not walk down the aisle where the Halloween candy is on sale. <laughs> Frame four, I will look at the candy, but not pick it up. Frame five, I will pick it up, but not buy it. Frame six, I'll buy it, but I won't open it. Frame seven, open it, but not smell it. Frame eight, smell it, but not taste it. Frame nine, taste it, but not eat it. Frame 10, eat, 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 eat. <laughs> How many of you can relate to that? Okay. You all know stuff that you're supposed to run away from. Guys, right? Let's, let's, just, let's just face it, right? We all know, you guys, what is the one temptation that all men face? Okay, you know, it's so funny. Like, no, sex, you can say sex in church, okay? <laughs> no, I mean, it's so everybody's like really quiet. We all, I mean, books are written called Every Man's Battle, 
Like we all know, you get together with a group of guys and it's like, oh my God, we didn't, we all battle with that. And so this morning I was sitting there getting ready in the bathroom and Susie was in the, in the bedroom and I looked at her and I said, man, honey, we all know what men's battle is. I go, what's the one battle that all women face? So it was quiet and I'm brushing my teeth and she's still quiet. I spit her, she's all quiet. And she goes, I don't know. And I'm like, that is not fair. Are you kidding me? Now, over in the white, uh, red box of service, one gal, as soon as I said that, she goes, cosmetics. <laughs> and Kim just told me backstage, Nordstrom's, right? Now, here, now here's the point. And it, it's crazy because whatever it is, we've got to learn to run from stuff. Because there's things that get us, and if you don't flee from it, you just know you're going to be like Kathy, and you're going to say, well, I'll just, I'll just, next thing, bam, you just got dragged away, and it entices you. And so we have to run away, and we all know what those are. I don't care if it's, for some of you, it's malls that you got to stay away from because you can't go in there without buying stuff. Some it's bars because you can't go in there without drinking. For some of you, it's people who gossip. You got to run away from people who gossip because every time you get together with that person, you end up slandering somebody else who's not present in the room. And you've got to run away, okay? So that's the first thing. Some of you, right now, spirit's going, this stuff, stay away from it. Just stay away from it. Number two, you got to throw it away you got to throw it away. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated at the right hand of God's throne. There's a couple things in here. Again, when I was with, that, with, the, with the U team on Thursday, here's the thing you know, man. They, they know the race marked out for them. They know the prize that they want to win, and they're willing to suffer, to go through whatever it takes so that they can win the prize. Jesus was willing to endure the cross because of the joy set before him. Don't forget this. When the bait comes... You've got to remember, why do I want to do that? Every time I do that, it just destroys my soul. This is life that God is offering me. But when, now here's the point. Some of you, it's not running away. Some of you, it's because you've already got stuff right now in your life that's hindering you. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You know some of you are involved with stuff. You've got stuff in your life. And you got to throw it away because it's hindering you from really living. So I've, and these are weird sometimes. I mean, sin, throw off the sin that's absolutely against God. But sometimes we have to throw off stuff that just hinders us. It's not even sin. I, I've shared here really quickly. When I first became a Christian, I had to throw away a lot of my music. And I know I've shared this recently, but I just want to say it again. Because that music moved emotions within me that made me want to do the stuff of the past. You guys know the power of music like that. So I just threw it away. Now, I bought most of it back, right? Because it wasn't about the music. It was about the fact that it was my soul being lured away, so I had to throw it away. And I've also shared this here as well, especially a couple years ago. I know there have been times in my life when God has asked me to throw off, throw away sports. Now, never during the start of the NFL season, right? That'd be a little crazy, 
Now, that I'm serious. Sports for me becomes a mistress, and it's something, there's nothing wrong with it in and of itself. But for me, it can get addictive, and I, I just love it, and I start loving it more than I should. And so there are times when you have to throw those things off, and some of you know, right now, you've got stuff in your life that you're involved in that's causing you to say no to God. It's causing you not to love your spouse or your kids. It's totally hindering you. Throw it away. I'm telling you, it's hard to do this. But I guarantee you, every time I've listened to the Spirit prompting me, saying, Dave, stop and get this out of your life. And when I've listened and done that, the result is power, again, over the temptations. It just is. Okay? Here's a third one. Run away, throw it away. The third one is suffer it away. Suffer it away. And this has been a new one for me this year. And let's start here. Hebrews 4.15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, just keep this verse up here for me while I go through this. So this is interesting because Jesus, what he's talking about, Jesus somehow was tempted in every way, just as we are. Now, in James, it said that each one is tempted when their own evil desires rise up within them. Now, you guys want to get in a theological debate? Good, because we don't have time. So, but here's what's interesting. Somehow, when God, Jesus Christ, put on human flesh, he had to, apparently, experience the same desires that were against God, that weren't holy, if he didn't, he could not have been tempted in the same way that you are. But it says that he was in every way. And yet, what's interesting, now remember, now let's go back to James. Because what did it say? Evil desire rises up and it drags you and then you're enticed. And here's what's so cool about Christ. Is even though he felt the temptation, he was never dragged away. He was never actually enticed. So even though he felt the same thing, he never gave in. So look at Hebrews 2.18. Because Jesus himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Now, what does that mean? So when you and I get tempted, you know, and all of a sudden the bait's out there, the lure's there, we're like, right? Oh, wow, cool. You know, and we just go and we just go for it. Now, how much suffering did you do when you just gave in to temptation? None. See what I'm saying? The temptation comes and we just go, oh, okay. And we just give in. See, but Jesus was tempted in the same way, but he never gave in. That's why we call fighting, when temptation comes, we say we have to fight against it. And it is suffering. Look at this next verse, Hebrews 5.8. Son though he was, Jesus was the son of God. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. So what Jesus did is he learned obedience. What does that mean? That means that every time something came to tempt him from not doing what he was supposed to do or, or lured him to do something that was not of God, every time Jesus said no. And every time he said no, what was he doing? He was suffering. Now, when you get to him in the Garden of Gethsemane, right, 
And did he want to do what his father wanted him to do? No. He said, if there's any other way, I don't want to do this. And he sweat drips of blood. He was suffering. His passion was so deep. And he went all the way to that point And he said, not my will, but yours be done. See, you guys, so what happens is, this is a new revelation for me, because in 1 Peter 4, 1, 2, it says this. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves. There it is. There's the battle term. It's a battle term. Arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin, and as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And this is the thing that I realized. Years ago, I would sit there and I'd think, as soon as the temptation would come, right? As soon as like desires would hop up in my heart that were evil, as soon as they'd be there, I'd be like, man, I'm a horrible person. Anybody ever feel that way? And so then i just like, man, I'm horrible. And so i just give in right there. Well, I guess I'm just a scumbag. And so you just sin. But with the book of James, we realize, no, evil desires are going to come. It's called temptation. But then... They aren't sin until when? Until you get dragged away, enticed, and then it conceives and gives birth to sin. And here's what you need to know. To win the battle against temptation, you will suffer. It's not easy. Anybody know that? It's not. So instead, when the temptation comes, don't just realize, man, I'm a loser. I, just, I, I might as well just give in. No, when the temptation comes, the battle now starts. And here's what's cool is you have Jesus inside of you. Here's how you walk by the Spirit. You have Jesus and you cry out to him and you say, please help me. Because it says because he was suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help you when you are. And I think, man, this is so huge. So partly what I do, you guys, we've got to embrace the pain of suffering when temptation comes because your flesh is going to constantly lure us and you've got to say no to it. And people are going to go, why aren't you doing this? And that's suffering to say, no. You've got to stand for that. <coughs> now let me say one other thing with this. I think this is why spiritual disciplines are so helpful. Spiritual disciplines like fasting, you know, that's a, that's a pretty intense one. But I know this, when you train your body and you say no to it, then, as Paul said, he goes, I beat my body so that I make it my slave. So there are things that you can do where you develop disciplines, and disciplines are never pleasant, they're painful. That's why I looked at this youth football team and I said, you guys understand this? You go through training and it's painful and you suffer through the training so you can win on the field. And the same thing needs to be true for us. We need to be willing to suffer in our flesh so that we've learned to tell our body, no, no, no. And Jesus is with us and he can help us. So you got to suffer it away. Number four, confess it away. First John 1, let's just go right to verse 9 if we could. It just says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You guys, the other way that we overcome the battle with temptation is in this book, 1 John, it says, hey, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar, okay? We know you're going to struggle with sin. In chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I write this so you won't sin. 
But if you do sin, you have an advocate to the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. Now look at this. No, keep, yeah, keep that up there. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, which is great. But look at this, this next thing. Every time you, you latch on and it's got you, you can know immediately the Spirit's going to convict you and you can confess your sin. He will forgive you totally. But look what else he does. He doesn't just forgive you. What's he do? He purifies you. He the other, another version says he cleanses you. So somehow, the way that my heart gets stronger against temptation is by confessing my sin. When I hold sin in, when I do it, when I latch on, and then I keep it in the dark, it festers, it grows, and I just keep doing it, and its roots get in me. But if you sin and immediately confess it, it gets it out into the light. He forgives you, and he cleanses you. Every time you confess your sin, it's like he takes a rag to your heart and just wipes off another stain. And every time he cleanses you, your heart gets stronger and it will help you say no to stuff in the future. That's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is so important. That's why it's so important to know that when you confess your sins, he will forgive you. All of your sin was forgiven by Christ. Confess it, okay? Last one, worship. Worship it away. And by this, Romans 7, 24 and 25 says this, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. The answer is Jesus, you guys. And it's in worship. You know what's interesting? When it, said, when it said, flee the evil desires of youth, it said, flee and pursue. When it said, to throw off everything that hinders, it said, we do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus. When the temptation comes and you're suffering, what do you do? You cry out to Jesus, who's able to help you when you suffer. When you sin and you're latched on, who do you go to? Jesus. And he forgives you of your sin. Every time, it's get your eyes back on Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is life. He is love. He's everything that's good. He's everything that's right. And again, once you fix your eyes on how beautiful the life is that he wants to give you and how beautiful he is, then all the temptations in the world start to fade. So that's why we worship him. That's why we lift him high. Because it helps our heart remember he is and nothing else is. Nothing else is. So, here's the hope for every one of you. Walk by the Spirit and you won't gratify the nature of your flesh. You won't. So run away, throw it away, suffer it away, confess it away, and worship it away. And the sin will go away. And you can walk in victory. And it's yours in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a strategy to win in this world. Thank you that, Jesus, you came to give us life and life to the full. Thank you that you came to destroy the work of the devil, that you came to overcome the world, and that you actually came in the flesh so you could overcome temptation, so you could help us when we're tempted. God, I pray that whatever you've spoken to in each person's heart today, that you'll give them the courage to act on it. And I pray for that power and strength and grace. They walk out of here and throw stuff away, confess it away, run away, and look to you in Jesus' name. Amen.